On the plane, my mantra was to let it slide off. Like anything that was going to affect me during race, negative thoughts, just let them slide off. But I honestly think that so many things happened getting to the race that I had to let slide off. <laughs> when I got to the race, I didn't even feel like I needed to like hold, hold the mantra anymore because it was already done. Like I had already did it. My mantra was to push my limits, but not to a point that was going to put me down in the hole for a couple more weeks. I've never done that before. The swim was my walk through fire for sure with the training that you provided. When I was sitting there in the corral with 2,000 people on Main Beach, I was completely comfortable. I was looking forward to it. You know, in general, life is about facing challenges and, and coaching is uh, an effective way to deal with that. I've learned to succeed in life, to be happy, it's next challenge faced. You know, there's always going to be something to work on in myself. So getting through that was not just important for me getting a triathlon done. It's important to feel fulfilled and successful and comfortable in my life. So it's, it's the framework for me for contentment, happiness, and fulfillment. And that's what swimming was. That was what was my firewalk for this last year. Welcome to the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. We are Justin BJ and we're on a mission to create a better world. And we're doing that by uh, assisting our athletes, um, even our guests. So much happens before and after we hit that record button to really look within for what already lives in there, which is a lot more calm, a lot more peace of mind, um, you know, infinite health and well-being, which is our most natural state. And we believe that if we can all do that, even if it's just one conscious breath a day, that we'll all begin moving through the world in a way that has more ease within our moments because life is literally just a series of moments sewn together. And the more of those that we can pay attention to, the more we will realize what is already here for us. So speaking of what is already here for us today, super excited to have Yogi Triathlete athlete Patrick Testoni and Yogi Triathlete coach Melissa Gans with us to smack down their experience at Santa Cruz. We're so grateful that they carved out this time for us today um, so we can smack it down. Um, what do you think, Beach? It's like to be here. I'm super psyched. Yeah, I want to hear. I can't <laughs> wait to hear it. I, I kind of know your experiences, but I want the world to know what you guys experienced on on race day for for so many different reasons. You were both in different different spots coming into this. But first, uh, who are? You? Let's start with who who you are and uh, how how you came to be with Yogi Triathlete. We'll start with you, Patrick. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me, Patrick Testoni. How did I come to be Yogi Triathlete? It's kind of a long story, but a short story. Uh, you know, I've been vegan now for four years and vegetarian before, but uh, the pandemic had a lot to do with how I'm here today because I was not a triathlete. I was a basketball player and a runner. And um, when the pandemic happened, basketball was not an option for me. And I started cycling. I had friends who were cyclists and uh, just really got into cycling and uh, hanging out with other cyclists. And what happened is I started running and I started biking and I started talking about doing a triathlon without actually swimming. <laughs> uh, and what at some point what happened is, um, you know, I'm, I believe in getting coaching. I get performance coaching at Cook coaching in a lot of areas of my life. And I simply did a search on uh, vegan plant-based triathlon coaching and uh, Yogi Triathlete popped up and I reached out and BJ and I had a conversation and that that's when my journey started, which I thought was a triathlon journey, but it really turned into a swimming journey for me because uh, I spent a lot of time in the pool. This was in October. Actually, I, I, I met I can't, the, the Santa Cruz triathlon was occurring, I think the week after we talked and I got invited by BJ to come down. I met the team and, um, I made a decision to, to start on that journey. And, uh, I live on the course. And so my journey was to race it. And so, um, I'm a full-time, you know, 
white collar worker who just started really enjoying triathlete training. That's the big story. So um, that's how I ended up here. And, um, you know, random set of occurrences in a Google search. I love it. And there, I, I don't believe there is anything random, but yeah, I remember you coming last year and meeting us for coffee and meeting the team. And, um, yeah, it was just awesome. You felt, you felt like you fell right in line with everything we were doing. Of course, the test is always when someone shows up to coffee and we're like, pick a medicine card, <laughs> <laughs> which we then did, uh, again this year and you were right on top of it. So yeah, so good to have you with us. And it was amazing to, to just to see you race. And, uh, as somebody who raced last year, I remember you being on the bike course and I, I just, I spent the last year wanting to repay that favor. So it was wonderful. So wonderful to have Thank you. you so much. And, uh, yeah. So great to have you on the team. Melissa, give us a little bit, a little 411 on you for those who maybe don't know that you are one of our incredible coaches here. Justin Beach. Thanks for having me. Um, always excited <laughs> to be on the show. Uh, and excited to rehash the race. I've had a lot of time to digest, so it's always good to come back a week later and, and chat about it. I also came upon Yogi Triathlete by complete happenstance. Um, similar to Patrick, I was not a triathlete. I was a runner, but I had never cycled or swam before. And I'm now a running coach and a triathlon coach with the team. So a lot has unfolded the past four years now. Um, during COVID, I was furloughed from work and I had a lot of free time. I was doing a lot of yoga and running. And on my runs, I was listening to podcasts. So I always had suggested podcasts come up on Spotify. Um, I was following some, some yogi podcasts and you guys popped up. I started listening and I totally fell in love with the show. I did the binge. I went on the Costa Rica trip two years ago and Jess and I connected there. So I actually took time off of triathlon right after Costa Rica because I had been sick for a few months. And then during that time for fun, I had been coaching a handful of friends through some half marathons and longer distance races. And then I threw up an Instagram post, Hey, looking for athletes for the spring. If anyone's interested, um, give me a shout. And to my surprise, Jess reached out and said, Hey, we're interested. You want to be our coach? <laughs> um, yeah. So I just had a really awesome chat with them in the car. Um, I'll never forget it. It was super emotional and I was so grateful for the way things were unfolding, but here I am. I'm super happy to be here. Yeah, you're such a great addition to the team. Um, so don't go anywhere. Stay with us. Uh, you have an incredible, potential ahead and so do all the athletes that coach with you all right let's uh let's, yeah let's dig let's in let's dig, dig in yeah let's dig um patrick you talked about and i want to hear your race experiences and we're going to do that through i don't think we're going to go through each leg but we'll we'll talk about things that um i think not only um, were a moment of growth for you but also our listeners can pull away and say well maybe you know, I can resonate with that. And that really, really connects with me. And maybe I can do this too. Um, the swim, uh, what was your journey like, uh, preparing for this race? Maybe some thoughts swirling around possibility of it being really challenging and then, and then how you set yourself up for, uh, the success that you had on race day. Yeah. The swim was my walk through fire for sure. <clears throat> um, I, struggled to swim a hundred yards in October last year. Um, I, you know, learned not how to drown as a kid and uh, I taken some lessons about 10, 15 years ago in the pool, but it never really stuck. And so, um, I was concerned, you know, about doing a triathlon and then, you know, through, uh, you know, what I really enjoyed about getting coaching and thank you for the coaching BJs. I didn't have to think about it. I just show up and do, and so, uh, by, I, I want to walk through the journey too. So October to December was about like forcing myself to go to the pool. I had a lot of intimidation about even showing up and circle swimming, sharing a lane with someone. These were all hurdles that just like built up over time. Um, having the tools, the drills and the 
and the toys and the swim snorkel and all this, like it built my confidence, having that conversation through you via text helped me to let you know where I was at and how I was feeling. I really appreciate not just like the technical feedback, but finding out where I was at, being able to share and work through those things. And then, you know, honestly, like I became a better swimmer to the point where it's like, oh, I can maybe actually do this. And I also got to experience the benefits too of how the swimming and the cycling were feeding my running. I was always hesitant to give up my running because I really enjoyed it. It kept me in good shape. Um, but it was, the pounding was beating me up. So long story short, by the time I, um, August hit, it was about the open water swimming. And so I had some, you know, PTSD around the ocean. I'd always been in it, but I always still deal with it tentatively because I'd been caught in break zones. I had had almost a drowning experience in Tahoe when I first moved to California. And so that stuff started coming up again. And so probably the biggest challenge that I faced was I was swimming in the pool, I was running, I was biking, and I had to get down to that beach and get into that water. And so I remember August, I was talking to you, I was talking to my brother going, you know, I just got to get in, get in there. And there was a group here swimming and, and I still wasn't comfortable, but I was able to figure out a way to do it, you know? So I was able to, you know, eventually use fins the first couple times, get out there, feel comfortable. And, uh, and then get around that wharf because I live on the course. And so I was actually, I remember one day I wasn't even going to do the course, do the wharf. And there was a paddle paddle there with the group. And he's like, you're going. And I was like, I guess I am. And I just did. Right. Um, but all the training too. And, um, you know, like I remember the pranayama before the breath work, the visualization, I put some weight onto it, but you know, the end of the story was with the training that you provided when I was sitting there in the corral with 2000 people, on main beach, I was completely comfortable. I was looking forward to it. Um, I, I was, I wasn't impatient. I wasn't concerned. And, uh, you know, cause I had gotten the information from you through the training, but I also done the work and I felt completely prepared. Um, I had learned from a previous race that I had done that just even getting out and being in the same spot. That was what this triathlon was all about for me. It was like my first triathlon, I'm going to one finish, two enjoy, three be competitive in that order. And so as simple as it was for me, just knowing the course just made it that much easier. So it's a long answer, but I felt like I really want to convey that because I was an aspiring triathlete who wasn't going to pursue it because of the swim. And the day it happened, I showed up and I was completely comfortable and I enjoyed the swim discipline the most. (laughs) (laughs) Who, what did you learn about yourself in the process? A takeaway from getting to the other side of the very thing that could have held you and did hold you out of the sport. Uh, you know, in general, life is about facing challenges and, and coaching is uh, an effective way to deal with that. I've learned, but also like to succeed in life, to be happy and content, it's uh, next, next challenge based, you know, there's always going to be something to work on in myself. So um, getting through that was not just important for me getting a triathlon done. It's important for me to feel fulfilled and successful and co- comfortable in my life. So it's, it's the framework for me for, for contentment, happiness, and fulfillment. And that's what swimming was. That, what, that was what was my firewalk for this last year. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's quite, I, I want to, it's quite impressive um, to come f- full circle like that in less than a year um, and to wrap your arms around something so big as getting into the ocean and swimming around that pier, which is, if you look at it from the beach, it's quite long and there's, uh, there's, uh, wildlife out there as well. And so there's many things that can go through the mind, but the execution of the plan and the training is the important piece to pull upon here. You know, we can provide all the coaching and guidance, but it's really how the athlete takes action on those things and notices any resistance and has a decision to be made, whether they indulge in the resistance and always be 
uh, always be pulling away from it and avoiding it, which has its own set of circumstances. And then there's the opposite effect, which is curiosity. And we look at these challenges as maybe this is exactly what needs to be served up to up for me so I can take that next growth spurt in my life so I can develop as a human being, tying it back into life and, and everything that w- comes out our way outside of sport. Um, and Melissa, you know, experienced uh, a set of challenges on another level coming from um, competing at Ironman 70.3 Worlds and then you know, two weeks later having to show up at a race on the opposite coast. So if you look at Finland to the West coast, it's quite a big, quite a big, uh, gap in travel. I think her travel day from Philly to Santa Cruz probably exceeded what that could possibly be. Um, so what kind of challenges did you face, uh, Melissa getting yourself out to Santa Cruz? I had so many challenges getting to this race. It was almost comical. Um, to start off before I left, I did not have my bike back from Finland. So I was borrowing a friend's bike that was kind of too big for me, but I was just kind of roll with it, knew it would work, um, and trusted that it would be fine just for one race. And the other part was they also lost my luggage. So I had a borrowed wetsuit that was from a really strong swimmer. So I was thinking, okay, good juju, borrowed wetsuit, this is good. Um, and then some other items. So I packed all that up. And then right before I left my house, I went to water a plant out front and one of my pipes burst. So I couldn't do anything about it because I had to catch the plane. So I just called my neighbor, left him a note with like some cash and said, Hey, can you please handle this while I'm gone? Um, so I was like, all right, off to a great start. This is going to be good. So I get on the plane and I have a layover in San, not San Fran, but, um, LA. And when I get on the plane in Philly, there's just crazy weather outside. So I think we ended up sitting on the tarmac for three or four hours before we finally flew off. And by that point, I knew I was going to miss my connection to San Fran, which is where I was flying into. So yeah, got super late. Flew into LA finally. Um, I was fortunate enough. My brother actually lives there. So I was able to stay with him because he's in Philly. So we had a bed open for me to stay in. So, um, yeah, just so happy that I had somewhere to stay because the airlines did not provide a hotel for anyone because it was weather related. And then I woke up that morning, um, didn't sleep great and, you know, leading up to a race. You have all these thoughts, you know, I, I want to sleep super well. I want to feel recovered, rested. I was already kind of fatigued from Finland. My body hadn't totally bounced back yet. Um, so that was another thing that was kind of going through my mind. When I finally flew from LA to San Fran, I waited, I waited in line for my rental car for probably 90 minutes. And when I finally made it to the front desk, they told me they ran out of cars. Like I was like the person that reached the desk that ran out of cars. <laughs> so at that point I threw my head down. I started cracking up and the people behind me were like, why are you laughing? I'm like, I just got to let it roll off at this point. I was like, I'm going to get there. I just didn't know it'd be this hard. So I just pop over to literally the next rental car company. I grabbed a car. I got an SUV because I like really wanted to feel safe. At that point. Um, and I drove to Santa Cruz. I had a gorgeous drive down the PCH and I called up Jess and BJ and told them everything that happened. And Jess, um, you said something, something along the lines of, you're going to have a great race. Like if you can, if you can navigate through all this by the time you get to race day, things are just going to roll off of you. And I remember saying, Oh, you think? I was like, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then that night, this is the last thing that night I was getting constant calls from American telling me my bike from Finland had been delivered. So they were keeping me up all night. And then this was two nights before the race at this point. So 
more interrupted sleep, more mind games. Um, but you know what? I felt great the day before the race, despite everything. I was so happy to be there. Santa Cruz is amazing. I feel like I had lived there before. Like I was just right at home in that place. Um, and then I did have a great race. It wasn't my PR or best performance, but the way I responded to everything and the way I did race mentally, I think was my strongest. I was just so happy to be out there. You called us, um, I think, yeah, on Friday you were making your way down and you were like, I'm on the PCH and I'm lying in a field and I'm eating rice. <laughs> you were just like, you had landed and you were just soaking in the the nature and we had been in touch with you, you know, throughout those days, we knew your travel was like insane. And, um, and also your bike didn't make it to San Francisco. Um, oh yes. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. There was the whole a bike that you were going to race on. And I think, um, I don't think, I know what BJ and I observed of you is something that I think few people really, a lot of people, but, but few can really be a leader when nobody's looking, can really walk the talk when nobody's looking, you know, that those people in line at the, they didn't know you, you could have just freaked out and kicked the desk. And, but what I observed is that you were walking the talk. You were, you were doing everything that you would guide your athletes to do. You were doing everything that BJ and I were guiding you to do. And to me, like, that was just an amazing confirmation of, uh, you know, bringing you on board here with Yogi Triathlete. But what I was feeling was like, you were getting all this stuff out of the way. You were burning like the, uh, I love Patrick's um, term, you know, your fire walk. You were getting that all out of the way. So there was no way you weren't going to have an amazing race day just to finally get on that starting line, knowing that there was no more airplanes or phone calls or waiting for bikes to happen. So that was fantastic. Um, all right. We're going to swing back over to, uh, to Patrick. We want to talk about the bike. How did that bike portion go for you during the race? Did you, uh, did you have any goals for that? Uh, you know, I, my, my main goal was I knew I was going to hit a PR in every discipline. So it's just like, have fun. Right. Um, the last time I had done a, a, a triathlon, the bike was a challenge because I had just gotten clips and I fell a couple times for lack of preparation, but I felt comfortable. Probably the biggest challenge was like running with frozen feet from the beach to the transition area. And just, you know, like the thing about the bike discipline that I felt, I felt really good about it. I felt well-prepared. I had done the route, but it's the one part of the ride where you relying on a piece of equipment, right? So I had spent some time making sure my bike was tuned up. My story does pales in comparisons to Melissa's, but I had um, two days before the ride, I decided, okay, I'm going to try putting on a new tire on my road bike because if something happens, I should know how to do this. And I've only done it on my gravel. So um, aero bikes are very, I have an aero bike, very um, aerodynamic. They have very wide tires. And so while I was changing the tire, I had my bike upside down because that's what I would typically do. My bike fell and I replaced the tire and the tire inflated, but the next morning was flat. So I took it into the bike shop. This is my you, the Thursday before the race. And it turns out I had broken my derailleur hanger, which was a custom part from Canyon. And of course I was called Canyon and I was 15 minutes late to get the part delivered on time and no one had the part and it's not replaceable. So this was very small in comparison, but my, I was like, Oh, here we are. Here's my challenge. As uh, the saying says, let go or be dragged. And I tried to let go. And so I reached out to BJ. I reached out to some friends of mine who rode. I reached out to the Canyon group on Strava and I got a bunch of response. And, you know, I was very fortunate to get that part hand delivered by um, BJ talking to someone he knew at Canyon, talking to someone else who hand delivered to me on site at the at the at the race. So um, I felt very grateful to do the bike ride on my bike instead of doing it on my gravel bike, which would have been fine. It would have been okay, but I would have been working to stay happy 
with that change of events, right? So uh, I, I guess this is, you know, all leading up to what the bike discipline was for me. It was like to ride and to enjoy, to not wreck and be safe and be competitive. Um, I was worried about being cold, but the honest truth is like you put me in a competitive environment and I'm not like going to go over the top, but my adrenaline was the warm blanket. Um, since I'm a slow swimmer, um, I had started the race at 740, 40 minutes later, I was in the back third, which as a runner, I enjoy the same thing because I just like passing people. It's good for me emotionally. So I got to pass a lot of people on the ride and the run. And so, you know, not that I'm super fast on the bike, but just compared to where I was queued up for the swim, I was going to probably, you know, get past people who were slower than the bike on me. And it went great. Um, you know, all the nutrition planning, once again, all the small things that, you know, BJ helped me with were really helpful. Um, I'd already knew what my nutrition plan was. I had everything organized. Um, I knew since I had done the race, I knew where and when I was going to drink and eat. I had already down to that nut and bolt level, had that down. Um, There's a couple big hills, and um, I knew how to power through those and was able to pass a lot of people because, honestly, like, I knew that was the last big hill. I, you know, I kind of knew the rhythm of the course. And uh, so it was great. I really enjoyed it. Um, probably, uh, I learned a lot about, uh, you know, how – as much as I planned, what I learned from overall in this race, particularly the bike and the run, was around um, how to manage my body for such a long endurance race. Because I started having some, never had anything cramping, but I had what I call pre-cramping in my quads. And so I was like, okay, I need to focus on this. But from an emotional level and a race level, my, my transition's not super efficient, but the ride was amazing. Um, I thought I, I hit my I hit the top end of my expectation on the ride. I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful course. It's one of the most beautiful parts of the course, and it was it was good to be able to be on that. Um, like the other the other thing about the Ironman that I hadn't experienced in my previous triathlon was just the amount of people. I did not expect that road to be that um, packed with people. But once again, being in the back of the queue, working my way up, I was kind of working through the masses. So. But, um, you know, the, honestly, and I'll, I'll finish with this, like I looked at this race and I was like, all right, the swim's going to be the biggest challenge. The bike's going to be the second biggest challenge. I'm a runner. I got the run. By the time race day came, I was like, I'm a great runner, but that is so physically demanding. I That was the part I knew was going to be the challenge. And it, it probably was the biggest challenge of the whole race, even though I did really well, because of the uh, impact on the body and the mind at that point. But loved it. Got in and out of transition really well. No wrecks. Um, felt good. You know, just like felt well prepared. I mean... I could have probably done this on my own, but like the coaching just, you know, just, I just felt like I was, you know, as well prepared as I could be. Melissa, what, um, what was your bike like on a new bike? I had some challenges. It was much too big for me. I was an arrow, but my body was like dropped forward. So I was comfortable. I would say until maybe 30 miles in. And then I got to the point where my body was so far down an arrow that it hurt to even lift my neck up. So I was putting my glasses down like onto the tip of my nose or like sometimes just off. And I was just using my eyes to look up. I was like, I can't even lift my head anymore. So, um, that was interesting, (laughs) but I knew, I knew I was going to finish and I was definitely distracted, um, by the race energy and, I, I enjoyed that course so much. Like there was this one moment where I was just bombing down this hill and to the left of me is a coastal cliff. Big waves are crashing. People are surfing and I just start yelling. I'm pretty sure the person next to me, I probably scared them, but I was so happy out there. I, I don't ever ride that kind of terrain. I mean, I'm on the East coast. I, I ride backwards and they're beautiful. Um, but I've always loved the beach. I grew up going to the beach. So it kind of had a special place for me being out there. My bike performance was pretty good given it wasn't my bike and I had the neck issue. Um, I was a little fatigued from Finland. I noticed I didn't have that like extra umph mostly when I was climbing. Um, but yeah, I felt pretty strong and steady throughout. It was, it was good. How did, um, 
the the discomfort on the bike did that did any of that negatively translate to your run and how did the run feel or did you just kind of forget about it you racked it and let it all go I racked it and I was so relieved to run <laughs> and I I did not bring my fast shoes I brought my comfy shoes so it was so good to go from uncomfortable to finally comfortable and uh <laughs> Starting out on the run, the sun wasn't even out yet. So it was kind of still cloudy. Um, temperature, temperature was high sixties or so, which, oh my gosh, perfect running weather. So the first five miles of the run, I was, I was pumped. I was ready to go. Um, the last five is always a different story. We know how that goes, but for the most part, the run, it felt pretty good. Did you have a mantra or anything? I did. Um, you know what? My mantra, it changed on the plane going to the trip. My mantra was to let it slide off. Like anything that was going to affect me during race, negative thoughts, just let them slide off. But I honestly think that so many things happened getting to the race that I had to let slide off. <laughs> when I got to the race, I didn't even feel like I needed to like hold, hold the mantra anymore. Cause it was already done. Like I had already did it. Um, my mantra was to push my limits, but not to a point that was going to put me down in the hole for a couple more weeks. Um, and I've never done that before. I didn't wear my heart rate monitor because I have noticed that when I do wear it, I look at it. And even if I am feeling like I should stay where I'm at, I'm like, oh, like I can hold my heart rate higher than this for this duration of the race. And I'll push it like an extra 5%. And um, I do that on the bike specifically. And my last three races, getting onto the run, I've had a side stitch. And I wanted so badly for this race to not have that side stitch. So I knew if I didn't wear my heart rate monitor, completely listened to my body and wasn't staring at anything that I was going to have a better run. I hoped. Um, and it worked. I had a great run. I had no side stitch for the first time this year. Did you, uh, that's amazing. That's awesome. But uh, I also think you notice what's happening. You take an audit of what's going on in races and you really get focus in on, well, what's not working well and really take action to take some steps. I know we talked about it to, to, to kind of switch things up and like not wearing a heart rate monitor can get the awareness away from trying to have to push all the time and actually tap into how you feel in that moment, which is 100%, um, present moment awareness where you have all that capacity to, to use to your advantage. Um, versus something trying to pull your attention away. Did you take it out easy? I know you had talked about taking it out easy for the first bit. Did you end up doing that? Because when I saw you, I think I saw you at mile three, four-ish. You were on your way. We were along the coast and I was headed in. You were headed out. You looked pretty happy. I was happy. Did you mean take my heart rate monitor out easily? Like that action? No, the, no, the, uh, your effort. Oh, it was not a challenge. I also want to mention... I would have worn my heart rate monitor, but I didn't have any of my luggage back from Finland. So I didn't have it, but that was meant to be obviously. But, I mean, it always works that way, but I was like, Oh, if I don't have it, guess this is my race where I don't wear it. Um, <laughs> it was easy for me to hold back because I honestly wanted to, like I, I went in kind of tired and I, I had the fire, but it wasn't this like <laughs> blazing bonfire that I usually have. It was just kind of like this steady flame. I was like, okay, I'm just going to go with a steady flame. Like that's where my body is. Um, you know, no big bonfire to burn today. Patrick, tell us about the, um, tell us about the finish line, your second triathlon, first Ironman event, uh, 70.3 in the books. Cause I caught some photos of you coming around the finish line. You just looked amazing. How did all that feel, um, leading into that knowing like, oh my gosh, it's right here. Like I, I'm going to do this. Oh, it felt great. Uh, I was happy to get there. I felt like I had uh, trained up to my limit and I was, uh, didn't feel like I was going like in hurting, but it was like, it was like, oh, here we are. I'm, I, I accomplished, you know, something I had kind of dreamed about a year ago. Right. So it felt really fulfilling. Um, it's nice that there's that downhill there. I'll tell you that much. Um, 
but um, felt good. You know, I was also, you know, tired. I had been managing, I had some quad issues. So like, um, I remember the last two miles thinking, actually most of the second half of the race, like, oh, you know, like I, I wish I could push this harder. I know I could run faster, but if I push it too hard and I cramp up, then I've got a whole nother ball of wax to deal with. And I just didn't know what to expect since I had never run, you know, I had never done this sort of endurance race before. I, you know, so, um, I don't know if this is, it's harder for me to run slower. I don't know if, you know, if you understand that experience, but like for me, like that was the challenge I needed to run slower. And for me, running slower is more challenging, right? Like, and I wasn't running slow, but I had to hold back at the end because of this. Um, so getting down, you know, like knowing, knowing the course, like for the listeners, like I, I, th- these have been my runs since before I even thought about triathlon. I've been running for 20 years on, on this bike path, you know? And, and so I, you know, I had the advantage of kind of knowing where I was at, but it's also not in an Ironman 70.3. And even though I had done an Olympic before, this is like, a whole new thing. So getting there, seeing the dream in the hotel there, knowing the downhills coming. And, uh, it was just kind of like, uh, I get back to my original thing, like just that fulfillment, like, okay, you know, like I'm fulfilling my purpose in life. I'm conquering challenges. And just, um, for me, I, I don't, I, I just feel so good afterwards. It's like, you know, really fulfilling, even though I'm kind of feeling a little pain, feeling a little soreness. I just was stoked. Honestly, I was in a good mood. I was a little tight in body, but like, you know, internally I'm even feeling more emotion, but also glad to be done at the same time and looking forward to that, uh, that, that food afterwards, that, that honeybee, uh, platter afterwards and everything else. Funny note though. I, I, usually when I do a race like that, or I'd be playing basketball, like I, I, I thrive on the feast. I was so tired. I had trouble eating right? I had to really force myself to eat. That's the level of kind of endurance exhaustion. But, you know, I still like, I had tickets for uh, a show that night, Natam Kaur and I, in Berkeley, and I ended up going with a friend of mine to the show. And, and uh, it's amazing experience too. I'll tell this too. Like, so like three hours after the race, my left knee started hurting really badly in a way I'd never felt. And so I had trouble getting up and down steps where I was like, we're still going, my friend and I went there, went to the whole show. After the show, my knee didn't hurt at all. It was amazing. So, no plugs for her, but like it was, it was, that was an amazing experience that happened on top of it. But, you know, it was just a, it was a great day, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, like a moment in my life. I'm excited. I just signed up for Santa Cruz and Oregon for next year today. So yes, I'm in there and uh, probably going to do more. I've got Malibu coming up in three weeks. I'll see you all there. But the 70.3s are a different beast reinforced. It's definitely a, you know, like, but, um, short answer is I felt fulfilled. I felt happy. Um, thanks for capturing that moment in those photos with the little captions on Instagram too, Jess. That was great. I've shared that widely. Cause that, you know, I just, you know, for me, those, those are what I live for. I'm, you know, like, I'm really glad to be part of this community and, you know, I believe in plant-based, you know, small groups and companies, be it, all the efforts that you're involved with and the other groups that we know are involved with that I'm involved with in fitness and everything else. Like it's just, uh, to be able to do this experience with all of you was really fulfilling for me. Us too. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Um, and we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that Snatam Kaur is, uh, is an incredible spiritual uh, vocalist and creator. And so she's singing many sacred chants and mantras and things that I'm not, that, that should actually be a really nice regular mm-hmm. <laughs> post race recovery is to go to one of her shows. But I can't, I mean, just the vibration of the people who were at that concert and what she brings. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes just to her and her work, but I've been listening to her for decades. Uh, I used to play her music when I was a massage therapist. Yeah. She's got an incredible voice, incredible gift. Melissa, all the circumstances, all the challenges, all the things that lined up that said, uh, don't come or this doesn't make sense to go. Cause we even talked a few months ago about, about this, like, 
what do you see now on the other side, having completed this epic summer of racing? I wanted to do everything I signed up for. Something that came back to me was something you guys always say, let your yes be yes. And although Santa Cruz was a stretch for me, it was close after Finland, you know, coming off of jet lag, blah, 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 blah. There's all this, all these stories that your mind can tell you. I knew if I didn't go and have the experience racing with you and racing with the team that I would regret it. And it just came down to, I, I have to be there. Like there's no excuses here. I, I know it's what I need to do no matter what. Um, going back. Yeah. Like I said, no regrets. I'm so happy I came. It actually opened up a door to me about even, um, thinking about like living there on the way home. I didn't even tell you guys this. I stopped in some of the mountain towns just to look at like what the towns and houses were like away from the beach. Cause they're a little bit more affordable. So then the whole ride home, I've already started thinking about moving out West, moving to Cali, Southern, Northern, not really sure. Um, but going there, seeing how people lived, seeing some of those towns kind of got things turning even more. And I think that's so important, even whether I move out there or not. I feel like I saw and was exposed to um, so many different experiences and just, you know, travel is like what grows you. So any chance I have to travel for a race and especially it's to fly out and race with you guys, I 100% wanted to be there. I think it's, I think you just shared this sense of or this commitment to you got to go have experiences in life and i think it, it might be bob proctor who says the only limits in our life are the limits limits in our mind um so if you had a belief about living out west that was holding you you know you were t- tossing and toying with it well you actually had an experience to go out there and see what it's like firsthand and you only got a little small taste of of what it's like but at least it creates and nurtures that desire that there's something more. And I think as humans, we sort of temper that a little bit for the sake of safety and comfort and what's known. Um, but when we begin to explore things that are a little unknown or a little bit out of the box per se of what people perceive or what we perceive should be the way we start to open up this curiosity of, I don't know what's in store for me, but there's something coming that's going to be magnificent. And I need to pursue this to, I need to pursue this all the way to the end to find out. And, and for me, it's like, it's so fulfilling to see both of you step forward in your own ways, in your challenges to, to just simply notice the resistance, notice the discussion and the mind chatter and yet still move forward, uh, even with all that swirly energy inside. And you both are shining examples of what it's like to get to the other side and, and to experience um, joy. You both experience joy and satisfaction. So uh, thank you both for sharing that. It's, it's really at the essence of what Yogi Triathlete stands for. It's that awake and ready life. Uh, there's just much more out there for us that we haven't even seen yet or experienced. So I've got one final question for both of you. Um, but I did see, uh, Patrick perk up when he, uh, heard that you were looking at areas out there to, uh, to possibly live because I know he actively would like a larger <laughs> yogi triathlete. Team <laughs> he's like, he's like the new, partners. he's like the new team recruiter. Um, he is looking to grow the yogi triathlete community up in that area so he can have some, uh, some training partners. Um, but I'll throw this question to you. And of course, if you have anything to say on that, Patrick, go ahead, please. Um, what, if somebody is thinking about signing up for this, you know, what, what would you want them to know about this race? Uh, first of all, Melissa would love to have you in Santa Cruz. That'd be awesome. Uh, second thing is, uh, you know, key, I need to bring this up. Like you mentioned that spot where you saw the surfers off to the right and the mountains on the left. As I was going through that spot, I had a moment there too. 
So it was so affirming to hear that you had that similar moment because I know exactly what you're talking about because people were surfing and and I thought about you and I was like, oh, I hope she's experiencing this. So um, with that being said, uh, <clears throat> I think uh, what you both have brought to this his was a really good fit for me because I could have probably prepared for this race without coaching and done it on my own. Um, but it was uh, so good to to meet um, both of you and and find out that the coaching was in alignment with what was going on in my life about how I approach everything. So with the, the asanas, the yoga flows, the pranayama, the breathing, this isn't just a physical exercise. This is a spiritual and emotional journey. And that was emphasized in the workouts I got, the daily meditation, which wasn't just there as a placeholder in my training peaks. It was actually something that uh, BJ was following up with me consistently on to make sure I was doing. Um, it's a holistic approach to triathlon, not just as a sport to be competitive, but also as just like a, a passion. So what I got out of Yoga Triathlete was uh, um, an experienced triathlete giving me advice someone who's an age group, you know, elite age group athlete like myself. So I thought that was a value as well. Cause I, I knew I was like, I'm not too old to be doing this. Right. I was like, he's doing it. There's no reason I can't be doing this, but also, you know, getting the, the yoga workouts, um, the stretching, um, you know, um, just the, the little questions like being hands-on any questions I had getting responses on, um, you know, it's so important. You know, like, I, I didn't value coaching enough until I met a friend of mine, and she's an entrepreneur. She does really well, and she was big on coaching. And it's like, yeah, you can do it on your own, but everything, any decision you can outsource to someone who's professional or a specialist in that area, you should do. It allows you to excel in other areas of your life. And so um, that fit great, BJ, for the, the information you're giving back to me questions as simple as like, how does my, how does my uh, layout look for my transition, right? To what shoes should I buy? Uh, what kind of bike I should get? Um, when should I buy a bike? Is this appropriate? Um, what should I eat before the race? Small decision, but huge for me. Um, um, so I appreciate the responsiveness that, that you provide to me. I think it was well worth the investment and I'll continue investing it because like, I didn't just, you know, cause I'm not, I'm not going to win my age group. You know, I came in 50% of my age group, but it blew me away how amazing people are in shape. Right. But I was able to enjoy the experience so fully and felt so well prepared. I mean, the biggest thing to explain is like my biggest fear was swimming and I was out there like totally basking in the moment, enjoying it, excited to get into the water. Right. How does that happen? Well, it happens through good coaching, and, and uh, you both provided a program that you know I fully support and, and gave me like a ton. You know, just like it just resounded. Like find good partners and get coached, and 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 you know, so highly recommend it. Highly recommend uh, your program. I do to other people around me because uh, you know it was, it was a perfect fit for me. So thank you very much. Yeah, we, I mean, we also agree with uh, the importance of coaching. You know, we have a guide that we work with and have for, you know, over a decade. You know, I've worked with my mindfulness coach and meditation teacher every other week for 12 years. And, you know, and I've always had a coach, just so happens that BJ is my coach. But having that, you know, that pit crew of people and, you know, behind the scenes, BJ and I are collaborating. Um, on all the athletes and their plans and, and how to best serve. So yeah, I love that. I think that's a great piece of advice, um, you know, to really, yeah, you can do it alone, but man, when you have the power of a community, you know, behind you, and then also the specialty of a coach, I think it really, it lifts so much for me as an athlete, it lifts so much off my shoulders and I can just execute. Uh, Melissa, how about you? What what would you either uh, guide one of your athletes who wants to do this, or just anyone? What what would you want them to know about you know endeavoring this course? I would want them to know. Yes, triathlon is a super physical sport, but with this race, with any race, and what yoga triathlete really promotes with the mindset training is going to completely shift your relationship with triathlon. Um, I can even speak firsthand on this. I had been training outside of you guys for 
um, two years and my relationship since I've been coaching and have gotten guidance from BJ and you Jess has completely changed. Um, I don't beat myself up out there. Like I used to be really judgmental on myself about times, um, just like catching up to the person in front of me, just all ego talk, but I don't have too much of that anymore. It's all, um, more so about personal bests and watching my mind during the course. That's more important to me because I think that is what translates into your life. Like if you can watch your mind on race day and see where it navigates and reel yourself back in and bring yourself back to a state of peace and love for what you're doing and gratitude. Um, that's what it's about. Like, that's what we all want. We want peace. We want to feel confident as, as we do our work, as we train, no matter what we're doing. So yeah, um, definitely a physical endeavor, but astronomical benefits coaching the mind. And what sticks out to me specifically with this race is the open water portion. <laughs> this is my first experience with it. When you get out past the pier, that water is freaking deep. Like I know <laughs> when you look down and you're by the shore, it's dark, but you get to that point And if you've ever been fishing, you'll know this, like when you're in the deep water and you're looking down, it's actually kind of light because it just goes into nothing. Like there's no bottom. So when I was looking down, like I had that experience and it was just so expansive and my mind felt like so alive. Um, but I think that could go the opposite way. Like if I had fears about swimming open water and I look down and there's, you know, into the abyss and I don't know what's around me, I know for a lot of people that can be, um, a trigger. And I do think I was able to stay calm out there just because I do the mindset stuff. I do all the breathing exercises before I'm meditating every morning. Um, I love being in the water as well, but yeah, just a lot goes into the sport. It's, it's more than just hitting numbers and it's, it's a lot of other things that are, that are more important. Yeah, I think that's, uh, I think that sums it up. I think that's how, how this process works. I think we all have been attached to things in the past, our performances or numbers or outcomes. And we form that relationship where we can find a little bit more joy in what we're doing right now, this in spite of what that outcome is not being so overly consumed with it. And that's the, that's the fast track to happiness and joy. Uh, thank you both for joining, um, joining here today. You guys are amazing sharing so openly and honestly, and I'm sure if people want to, uh, start up triathlon in the area of Santa Cruz, hit up Patrick. He'd love to go show you around the pier. Um, Melissa, she'll be in Santa Cruz soon, but for now in Philly, if you're in the area, hit her up or anywhere. She's accepting new athletes all the time. Um, but thank you both for joining us today. Thank you, guys. Uh, thank you so much. I'll see you in Malibu, Patrick. We're going to race. Yeah. yeah, I'll see you there. Thank you so much. Great to see awesome. you. Good to see you both. Thanks, guys. Bye, guys. 